It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What does innovation sound like? It sounds like the luxury of being in the moment with your customer, client, or patient. It sounds like having the right information right when you need it. It sounds like being at your best for your customers and your business. Thanks to Highland's intelligent content solutions that improve digital processes, innovators everywhere are able to do their thing better, whatever that thing is. Now, who doesn't like the sound of that? Highland, for innovators everywhere, visit highland.com. How can Tyler Stevenson attack the new rule changes? We dive into that. We also take a look at a great story he had about Wade Miley's no-hitter and a role he played in that. And we get the story from prospect to future stud for the Cincinnati Reds. That's Tyler Stevenson here on today's Locked On Reds. You are Locked On Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Reds and welcome into part two of our conversation with Tyler Stevenson. Thank you so much for making Locked On Reds your first listen. We are free and available on all platforms as we are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And we are ready to talk. I mean, we've been talking with Tyler Stevenson yesterday. We got the chance to kind of dive into exactly what he thought so far as, you know, how much he could play behind the plate and what that would do to his season, how much he could catch and how uh, before it would like break him down during a year. Really a good take and some good thoughts from him on that, as well as some thoughts about JR House and stuff. That was a great episode. If you missed it, make sure you go back and check that out. On today's podcast, we are going to talk more about how he is going to attack these new rule changes with the way that pitchers uh, it can pick off the runner with uh, bigger bases, different things like that, pitch clocks and all of that. How can Tyler Stevenson attack that? As we jump into this year, it's a great chat with him. You're not going to want to miss any moment of it. And like I said, if you missed yesterday's, make sure you go check that out. Make sure you're subscribed to the podcast. That way you don't miss anything we've got coming. Lots more like this coming this off season. All right, let's jump back into Steve and I's conversation with Tyler Stevenson. Something you mentioned earlier, and I kind of want to touch on that. Um, Cause I know David Bell talked a little bit about it in the winter meetings interview he did the other day, but with the new rule changes that are coming in, uh, especially, you know, the pitch clock, uh, limited pickoff attempts and larger bases from your perspective, how do you see that? I know you said like the pitch clock speeding up the game, but just from your perspective of all of that stuff, how's it going to affect the game for you? I mean, from, our first, from from the catching aspect, I'm really interested to see the caught stealing percentages next year because um, I think in the minor leagues they were way up. Like Michael Ciani, mm-hmm. um, and I like I've said this on a few interviews, but like once we get to spring training, I want to have a conversation with him because he had a bunch of stolen bases and try to figure out like w- what was he thinking and like was there any tendencies for him? Like I know he's probably a great base stealer and stuff, but with you get two pickoffs. And you can pick off a third time, but he has to be out. If not, he gets second base. Like, I'm just trying to get the feel of that because, I mean, it will create more in the game. There will be a lot more base stealing. Uh, 
and then we will have the bigger bases. So from the catching side, I'm really interested to see how the caught stealing and like percentages are. But I mean, I think the clock, I'm, I'm younger. Like I've experienced some of it in the minor leagues. So I think it'll be an easier adjustment for me. Uh, I can't really say for some of the older guys. I'm sure it's it's going to be 50-50. Some will love it and some will hate it. But I guess the game's adapting and we have to kind of accept it for what it is. <clears throat> but, yeah, I mean, with the caught stealing and the pickoffs, the bigger bases, it's going to be interesting. And, like, the shift, the shift is a big thing. Um, I think it's it's going to affect lefties more in a positive way. Um, was that – with the shift, was that something that you had to communicate to the infield, or was there a coach that was in the like signaling everybody, like, "Hey, all right, you know, two, you know, formation." Yeah, that would, like that was Delino, and like even like from when I played first, I remember like our cards would have uh, like numbers, and that was like the positioning mm. of like where to shift. Um, I don't know. I'm, I don't have a ton of time with that, but I do remember that being the shift. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think with the lefties, it will be interesting to see how it affects them. What do you foresee as uh, impacts in how you attack a batter with the shift going away? What What do you foresee doing differently now that that side of the infield is going to be opened up a little bit? Yeah, I think it's still kind of just pitching to the pitcher strengths. Um, I think we will still continue to pitch to the strengths. And then I guess the execution might just have to be that much better because uh, that could be the difference between somebody getting to the ball or not. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I, I think that's just we're going to have to get the feel of it and uh, when we get to spring training. Like, I don't – so I think there has to be – from my understanding, there has to be two people – on one side of second base. Um, is that as the pitch is getting delivered or just. Yeah, I think I it's, not, it's, I'm, it's before, I think it's, be, yeah. Like as it's before the pitcher starts his delivery. Yeah. Feet yeah. on the, the dirt, two on each side. Yeah. There can't be that second baseman in like right field. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Correct. Yeah. So, I mean, I think like we will still see like sometimes if it's like a heavy pull lefty, uh, that India will probably be where he was, but on the dirt. And then whoever's at short or third, whoever that person was like be just right of second base. And then as it's getting delivered, just like have your momentum. Ah, I mean, I've, I've heard that from a couple people where they're like, if you have particularly quick infielders, yeah. they could line up where they're supposed to. And as the delivery starts kind of, drop into those positions i think that's what you're describing where everybody can just move as soon as the the lineup starts it's going to be really interesting to see how teams try and adjust to that because uh you know when you know a guy is going to hit the ball that way 80 percent of the time it is it is really hard to not line up that way so yeah i'm kind of looking forward to see the gamesmanship you know i think some that's some of what we've lost along the way i know that you know people talk about this all being done for you know because the pitchers are ahead of the hitters and et cetera, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. But, you know, I miss a lot of the gamesmanship. And, and I think that's what I miss about the running and, and the aggressiveness on the bases. I think that's what I miss uh, that the shift kind of takes away. And, and I think this will challenge managers and challenge, you know, mm-hmm. uh, position players to, to get creative and, and find ways to overcome the restrictions being placed on them. And I'm kind of excited to see how it plays out. 
yeah, I, I think it's it's going to be interesting for all of us to. I mean, if we're we're talking about it, and I guess we won't really know until we get to spring training and kind of get the feel of the game, because uh, I don't think anybody knows. And we'll, I guess we're going to find out here pretty pretty soon. <laughs> I'm always curious about this: who's the most laid back versus who's like the most like keyed up when it comes to pitching? Because I know like. We heard about Wade Miley a couple of years ago, even during his no hitter, he wanted to talk to people about fishing and he was like super laid back. And you had other folks that are just like, Nope, don't talk to me. You know, like the Max Scherzer type guys is yeah. just like, Nope, don't, don't, don't try. Um, good story about that. Um, I don't know if I've really talked about it much before, but it was during his, his no hitter. Um, it was the ninth inning. We went into the ninth inning, zero, zero. And so we ended up scoring. So all throughout the game, we had assigned seats um, <laughs> because it's like, I mean, it's a superstition. It's like, okay, it's right. like, he hasn't given up a hit. And it's like, once that fifth, sixth inning kind of rolled around, you're like, okay, I'm going to keep sitting here, not move. <laughs> Don't get up to pee. So I was holding it all game and we ended up scoring in that ninth inning and we were in Cleveland, so I ended up going down, uh, going to the restroom. And all of a sudden, I hear, like, Wade said, hey. Uh, so, at the time, Rolando was one of our coaches. It's like, hey, Ro, like, can you come throw with me real quick? And this is, a, like, there's not much room down in the tunnel in Cleveland. Mm -hmm. uh, it's like a typical hallway, no more than maybe eight feet tall. Mm -hmm. And it's not that wide. And so, then I come out of the bathroom, like, oh, I got my catching gear right here. I got my glove. Like, I'll I'll throw with you. So it's just like toss like this. Like, it's not like you can really get into it. And so we're up one, nothing. And Wade's trying to have conversations with me, like all this stuff. And like, I don't want to say anything because I want him <laughs> to get three outs and get the no hitter. Right. And then, so I'm, I'm silent the whole time and he's trying to have conversations with me. And then he was like, all right, I'm good. And he's like, all right, let's just go get three outs. And I'm just like, just you don't want the story to be yeah i had it into the ninth but then stevenson told me hey you got this and <laughs> yeah, and he did it and that was like crazy chatterbox rookie um yeah. but yeah it, i feel like everybody's like personalities are different um i feel like we've kind of all got like low-key focused guys but there are times like i love when hunter and like Graham, Nick, like you see flashes of them. If it's like a big inning in a big moment and they strike a guy out that they kind of let it out. And I love it. Oh yeah. Speaking of those three rookies, uh, three, three second year players now will be in the starting rotation. There's a good chance that there may be at least one more rookie in the starting rotation heading into 2023, or at least at some point in time in 2023 with Williamson or stout potentially coming up from Louisville. Uh, what does that do for, for you as far as you know providing information, guidance, development? I mean, that's it seems like there's a little bit of uh, extra work, I guess, that would be involved for you, you know, as these guys learn to deal with major league hitters and learn to deal with just being in the majors. You know, what's the difference uh, in a rotation like that versus a rotation where you had, you know, Luis Castillo, yeah. Sonny Gray, and Tyler Malley? <laughs> this is, I mean, the complete opposite. Like they, I feel like they kind of, I feel like Sonny, I felt like I caught him a lot and he would just kind of lead the way. Like at the end of the day, Sonny's going to throw what he was going to throw. Um, and yeah, I mean, to see what all three of them do and then even like throw Diaz in there, like 
all four of those guys this year kind of hit the ground running and what they did as their rookie season, like was super special. And it's going to be really fun to see how they kind of take that next step. It's like, Hey, I did well. I deserve to be here. And it's like, okay, like, I don't want to say they'll be comfortable, but it's like, they know that they belong and they can like kind of really take that next step. Um, but pretty fortunate, fortunate to have those four guys in our organization and our team kind of all coming in at the same, at the same time. The word prospect. It's an interesting word. It's a word that we Reds fans have been focused on quite a bit over the last, well, 30 years. Uh, Tyler Stevenson has some thoughts as to what prospect means to him. And it's not quite what you're expecting. That's coming up next. But first, today's episode is brought to you by BetOnline. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all of your sports wagering information, whether you're talking about futures for Major League Baseball, whether you're talking about NFL regular seasons tonight, got a Thursday night matchup of some intrigue between the Raiders and the Rams. Yeah, BetOnline's got you covered for that. They've got you covered for NBA games, NCAA basketball games. They've got college bowl season stuff coming up. BetOnline has you covered for all of that. Check it out today. It's BetOnline.net. They've got all of the great point spreads, money lines, over-unders, prop bets that you can think of. They even go into MMA, boxing. They've got golf, racing, I mean, World Cup stuff. It all can be found at betonline.net. They've got articles, they've got podcasts, they've got videos, they've got everything that you need for your next great bet because at betonline.net, it's where the game starts. Thanks for making Lockdown Reds your first listen. Make sure that you check us out tomorrow. We've got a live Aloha Friday episode. Steve and I will be taking your questions. You'll be able to drive the episode as we talk Reds, as we look at this offseason. The Reds have done a couple of things. The Reds, uh, they, they made a Rule 5 pick. They traded that Rule 5 pick. And there's been some rumors about the Reds possibly trading some prospects. We'll talk about exactly what all of that means on tomorrow's Locked On Reds Aloha Friday live edition. You're going to make sure you want to join us right here on the YouTube channel. All right, let's jump back into our conversation with Tyler Stevenson. What's that word mean for you? Because you were a prospect once upon a time. What does the word prospect mean to you? Because it's something that, you know, we as fans, we, we've been holding on to, you know, different prospects and we say, well, this guy's a top prospect. Like, what's that mean for you as a guy who's experienced it and who sees it firsthand every day? Oh, man. Uh, at the end of the day, I think it's just a word. Um, I've seen some really talented prospects and talented players uh, who don't pan out. I mean, I, I think it is great. Um, it creates buzz. And, I mean, we are talented, but like at the end of the day, you never know. I mean, until you get to the big league level and see what we can do at this competition, do it for 162 games, like – I feel like the word prospect, once you hit, once you step between those lines in the big leagues, it really doesn't mean much anymore. Does it add pressure when, when you're coming up through the system and all of a sudden you're on, you know, the, the list, you're the, the number five prospect in the organization, you're the number two prospect in baseball, et cetera, et cetera. Do you feel that? Or is that something that like you just kind of keep at bay as long as possible? I mean, I just try to avoid it as much as possible. Um, 
I can't speak for the guys who are like LA top five in all of minor league baseball and uh, anything like that. But I try to, I mean, it's kind of like my whole story too. Like when I was drafted out of high school, like I've always been confident myself and I've ever always heard my coaches say, if you're good enough, they'll find you. And really I didn't hit peaks. Like I was a late bloomer when, when I was in high school and I really didn't get the attraction until like going into my senior year. Mm-hmm. Um, I knew guys and played with guys who were these huge prospects when we were freshmen in high school and they ended up not even getting drafted and they're not even in pro ball. Um, so yeah, I mean, I've kind of, at the end of the day, just let my play kind of speak for itself. It's so funny. I love it. And Jeff does too. I love it when players naturally answer questions and it segues us to the next question and you had no idea what was coming. It's great. Cause the next question is, you know, when did you know, you know, so you say you were a late bloomer, you know, the, attra- mm-hmm. the, the interest came a little bit later. When did you know that you could play baseball at the highest level? Oh, so like going into my senior year, there's a big tournament. Um, it's down in Jupiter at uh, the Cardinals and Marlins, uh, like their facility in spring training. So it's a big tournament down in Jupiter and I played well. And at the time that was my senior year. And so I was on the swim team, my senior year, uh, my sister swam at Florida state. And so it was my senior year of high school. I'm like, I'm going to swim. Ended up loving it. And that's when all of the like in home visits, all these scouts and all these like questionnaires, all these like fast forward to the start of the season, like high school season in March ish. Like, I've talked to all 30 teams. I'm like, whoa, like, this is happening quick. And then um, right before our spring break, I strained my oblique. And so that shut me down for two or three weeks. And at that time, I was like, all right, I'm going to go to Georgia Tech. I'm going to get an education. Like, that's the worst thing possible. I'm going to go play ACC baseball and get an education. And then um, – I come back from that spring break and I'm healthy and then I'm the baseball's this big and uh, I play really well. And kind of once that season ended, uh, there's all these like mock drafts and like I'm hearing stuff. And then uh, my agent was like, Hey, we need to go out to Arizona because Arizona had the first pick. And there was a chance that I was going to be drafted first overall. Uh, But if it wasn't for Dansby and like take a slot, take a lower pick or slot value and stuff. And at that moment I was like, Whoa, like, like this is happening. And um, I kind of knew an idea where I was going to go draft, get drafted and the reds. Like I, I didn't hear much from them at all. And then sure enough, I thought I was actually going to be picked by the Phillies at 10. Like I was really confident in that. And then they pick. And then next thing you know, I get a call and said, Hey, the reds are taking you at 11. Tyler Stevenson got to experience his first ever Reds Fest as a major league ball player. Going to get his take on that, going to get his feel for that in just a moment. Before we jump into that, though, I wanted to let you know you can follow us on Twitter. You can follow me at Jeff Carr with three F's. You can follow Steve at S. Offenbaker with two F's. And you can follow the show at Locked on Reds. Also, make sure that you're subscribed on your favorite podcast app and right here on YouTube. If you are on YouTube as well, make sure you click the bell to get notified whenever we have new content for you. Like I said, all off season, we're going to be here. We're going to be talking Reds every single day. Now, coming up here in a couple of weeks, we're going to kind of 
scale it back just a little bit as the offseason drones along. But we will be here on top of all of the rumors, on top of all of the news, and bringing you the best uh, people around the Reds to talk to this offseason. That's right here on the Lockdown Reds podcast. All right, let's jump back into our conversation. Let's conclude our conversation with Tyler Stevenson. This was your first experience going to Reds Fest as a major league member of the Reds. Just describe your experience for the weekend that was, because I know like for me and for Steve, Reds Fest is just a crazy awesome time and we love it every single year. Yeah, it's crazy to think that I'm one of the veterans when it when it comes to Reds Fest and that like right. as a whole, because um, this was my fourth one. Third and uh, third, three in the minor leagues, and then first one on a big league roster. Um, it felt good to get back and see the fans, and like you've been, um, it's it's a huge event that they do. Um, I don't know what it was. I don't know how many uh, ended up coming, but I think it was probably between ten and fifteen, from what mm-hmm. I've heard. Um, yeah, COVID, COVID's kind of knocked it out for the past couple of years, and it was a great event. It was it was busy. There's a lot going on. Autographs photo booths, interviews, media, everything. Um, it was good. Yeah, I mean, it was good to see all that support, uh, see some new teammates that we have, and to see everybody again. What do you feel like uh, the importance? What's to be gained from events like this? I know for me, just as a fan, I, I enjoy the the opportunity to be, you know, two feet away from you, say a quick word, you know, have conversations that you don't necessarily get to have when you're just out at the ballpark, right? You guys are working, you know, you're getting ready yeah. for the game, you're playing the game, you're doing the things. What's the benefits for, for you as a player with that kind of interaction? What what do you see as reasons to continue and to grow events like Reds Fest in the future? I think it's a good way to really interact and like truly interact with the fans. Like I know we, we try so hard during the season, but it's, sometimes it's so hard, like with the games going on and like, stretch and all this stuff to kind of interact with people into the amount like this is strictly a fan fest so like we can have 300 people in line and sign for everybody um so i think it's really important for that just to kind of interact with the people and kind of meet some awesome fans and along the way um they've done a great job this is like i said this was my fourth one and hopefully as we continue to get more and more down the road in the future uh it keeps growing and i think it's awesome too for like for the fans to kind of see the up-and-coming guys too it's not just like the big league right. roster like i remember i mean i'm sure i could take out photos from like me and tj antone friedel tony santion like even india like all of us kind of coming up when we were minor league guys at the time and here we are at the, on the big league roster is there like one memory when you think back it- and it doesn't even have to be just this this past Reds Fest, but of the four, is there like something that sticks out to you specifically when you think back on Reds Fest? I know it was a lot of fun. So the minor leaguers, they do a Wolf of Wall home run derby. Um, I was oh, pretty yeah. bummed that we, we weren't going to do that. I'm, I think I remember actually hearing Sinzel, maybe India, talking about like, why aren't we doing the home run derby? Like, oh, it's just for the minor league guys. Um so it'd be cool if we, we could kind of do that too. It was a lot of fun because we'd be, we'd be uh, teamed up with somebody from the youth Academy. Right. Uh, so it was, it was a lot of fun to kind of interact with that kid. I did see that uh, Ellie De La Cruz 
won that this year the that, that home run derby that you're talking no shocker right you know it was funny watching him walk around duke energy uh it, it, I can only compare it to like the scenes you see in documentaries where they show people chasing the Beatles through airports or whatever. <laughs> that's, that's how it looked. Uh, Ellie De La Cruz walking around the convention center this weekend. Right. Uh, it, it's, uh, you know, I think he's doing a tremendous job managing that, uh, that instant fame. Uh, mm. How did that, hit, how does it hit you now that I, I'm sure, you know, Cincinnati being, uh, and I know there's some argument now if it's still a baseball town or if it's becoming a Bengals town, but I think it's a baseball town. And, you know, the city loves its players and it loves the Reds in spite of anything that's going on in the peripheral. Uh, how does it feel for you coming to town? I'm sure you can't go anywhere without people recognizing you and, and knowing who you are and, and, you know, basically, you know, have your own little crowd following you around. What's that like for you? Um I mean, it's cool. I think it's it's a cool, it's a good reminder, just kind of where we come from. And I don't think, I hope it never gets old. Um, the support is everything. It's what it's what we do this for. Um, but it it is cool to go out to dinner and somebody just say something like simple, like "Hey, I'm a big fan" or anything like that. Um, but yeah, I know I know he had a big crowd following him around, rightfully so. Um, but it it is a lot of fun. You know, a lot's made of Joey whenever guys get to first base and he's always having conversations with different guys. But I know you have an opportunity to at least say a couple of words to an opposing batter. Is there an opposing hitter that you look forward to them stepping into the box for for whatever reason? And maybe it's just because you know that, you know, Hunter's going to strike him out or something. But um, is there that guy that you're just like, okay, I'm looking forward to playing these guys? I feel like everybody's like super respectful. I don't know if it's like catching, like usually everybody like come up, especially their first to bat um, will come up and like hit my shin guard and the umpire and like say, Hey and stuff. And I'd like to say I'm a very like low key, just easy guy. So um, I feel like I kind of get along with everybody. Um, I feel like I've had some good conversations with Freddie Freeman. Mm -hmm. Um, So it all kind of goes back when he was with Atlanta and uh, this was in 21, my first time going back to Atlanta. And I had 50 people in the stands with my, my fat heads because that was my first time being back home. Right. And I remember he comes up to the plate one time. was like, I just want you to get a hit because I want to see how loud they can get. Um, and sure enough, I ended up getting a hit and stuff. And I was a fan of him growing up. I mean, I grew up in Atlanta. Um it will be cool next year to play against Trout and Otani. Uh, so that, that'll be really exciting. And I think it will be cool playing against Barnhart. I like that. Yeah. That, that, that will be fun. And it's going to be, I'm sure, a bunch of talking <laughs> from, <laughs> from when I'm hitting and when, from when he's hitting. You know, there's um, a question that I like to ask. I, I did. I had the opportunity last season to sit down with a lot of the minor league guys, and this question, for whatever reason, always stumped them. Let's see how a major leaguer handles it. Um, when you do these interviews, you know, people doing the interviews, conducting the interviews, tend to to fall into a lot of the same questions, and and you get a lot of the same stuff. I, I know. What's one question or one topic that you wish people would ask you about? Or is there something in your life that you want to talk about and it just doesn't naturally come up a lot in the interviews uh, that, for you to get to speak about? Hmm. I feel like it's always, it's been about health. That's all, I feel like that's always something kind of health. I don't know, maybe just like personal life. Well, let's, like let's, let's, 
Let's talk about that a little bit. Let's 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 <laughs> let's hear about what you've been up to. You know, obviously everybody's asked you about your rehab, and I, you know, I've seen your answers on that. It sounds like you're going to be ready to go day one on spring training. Yeah, like I, but, I was. But what's I the rest of your, what's Sorry. the rest of your off season been like? What have, what what have you up to? What are you doing? What what do you find enjoyable and relaxing? You know, what's happening in the world of Tyler Stevenson? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I feel like everybody, I guess, forgets we're no, we're normal people too, and kind of. <laughs> um live a normal life too at least for me i'm I'm pretty boring but um yes my, my wife and i's one year was this past sunday um so like i was telling y'all like we're going we honeymooned in maui we're, we're going to maui this weekend for 10 days so we're super excited about that um we're going we're going to do the road to hana uh-huh um, jump off a few waterfalls, but don't get hurt. I'm going to encourage you to jump off the waterfalls, but don't get hurt. That's a Perf. that's Ooh. when I do the road to Hana. I stop along the way and jump off some okay. waterfalls. It's always a good time. There's so some there's some lower time. ones. There's some little ones. There's some. Okay. The pictures will look cool, but it won't be from 30 feet. So it's great. <laughs> yeah, perfect. So if you're paying um, attention and there's a bad headline about Tyler Stevenson getting hurt, it's Steve's fault. Blame him. Yeah. <laughs> it's in my contract. Just be careful. Yeah. <laughs> Don't go chasing um, waterfalls. So, yeah, we, we've got that. Then we um, – for, like, the first, like, month and a half, it was, like, strictly, like, rehab. Um, like, getting – making sure baseball activities were good. Um, I, like I showed earlier, we got a dog. He's downstairs. So we've been uh, busy with him. His, his name's Russell. He's a Cavapoo. So he's a St. Charles Cavalier and a Poodle mix. And he'll be like 10-ish pounds. So he'll be around in spring training and out in, during the season. Um, and then we just got back right before Reds Fest from Amsterdam and Berlin. We were out there for Thanksgiving with my brother-in-law and sister. So we've been That's busy. Cool. Do you uh, – I know a lot of players these days uh, start – uh, community-based work or foundations or begin working with an organization, you know, in, in, in that give back regard, do you have anything like that going on yet? Have you been able to connect with anybody or start anything up? So that's something my wife and I are trying to figure out, but, um, I have been somewhat slightly getting involved with the youth Academy and up in Cincinnati. Um, like I came to Cincinnati early last week. Like went up to the youth academy and like had some backpacks that were donated to about like 20, 25 kids. Um, and I think it's great what they do up there. The people are great. They're doing it for an unbelievable cause. Um, I know Joey's up there a lot and is very involved. And um, I would like to do more with them moving forward. That's pretty awesome. And I'm also curious because I myself am, but do you golf? Um. For fun, yes. Am well, I, I good? Go for fun, I don't golf for good. <laughs> I've, I've golfed once this off season, and I shot a ninety six, and I was ecstatic. Oh, well, yeah. you got me beat. <laughs> so I, I just always laugh because, like, there's certain people that are like, take it so seriously. I'm like, well, I'm not golfing with you then. Yeah. I mean, yeah, the pitchers pitching every five days, and they can go out before every start, and I'll wait till I'm retired to be fully committed. Really appreciate Tyler Stevenson taking the time. We we got a lot of great stuff getting a chance to talk with him. It's just looking at a bunch of different stuff. If you if this is your first episode of the conversation, there were there's another one from yesterday that you need to check out. He had a lot of great stuff talking about what 
it is to be a catcher in the major leagues and the kind of stress that's on him, the kind of pressure that's on him and how he rises above it. And that's something that is an absolute beautiful conversation. You're not going to want to miss it. Both these parts, it's been a lot of fun getting to talk to him. So gracious with his time. Uh, Looking forward to next time, whenever we are able to get catcher one for the Cincinnati Reds back here on Lockdown Reds. But that's going to do it for us here today. Coming up tomorrow, we have live Aloha Friday. You drive the ship. You have questions. You have some comments, reactions to Tyler Stevenson, reactions to some thoughts we had earlier on in the week. Lots of stuff we are going to cover tomorrow, including some rumors about the Reds possibly trading prospects now. I don't know what's going on. But anyway, there's lots to get to tomorrow on the live Lockdown Reds Aloha Friday edition. Make sure you join us. That's at 1 p.m. tomorrow right here on the Locked On Reds YouTube channel. Now, go check out Locked On Sports Today. Locked On Sports Today has you covered every single day with the big news in sports and big game recaps. Plus, they've got the take of the day as well, and they do this all in under 22 minutes. That's Locked On Sports Today, just like Locked On Reds, free and available on all platforms. You can count on us to be locked on Reds every single day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.